Remember guys, just one hour on your iPad. Hey, Christ community, how's everybody doing? Good, good, good to see you today. If I have not met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here. Excited to be with you. If you're a guest, we're so glad that you're here, whether you're here in person or those of you who are online. For those of you online, if you are newer to Christ community, we'd love for you to let our service host know that. You hit the connect button and let us know that you're participating. For those of you who are here in person, when you leave today, um, there's a welcome desk right out there, and we would love to get to know you a little bit, connect you with uh, the best thing about this church, which is the people. So um, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm loving this Bless This Mess series. Uh, it's, it's been good for me, for us as a family, and uh, I'm really excited to talk with you today about technology and navigating technology as families. Um, these family series, they bring up so many memories, they bring up so many different things, you know, touch different points in our lives. So I was... I was messing around on BuzzFeed, found an article sharing tweets from parents on parenting. And I just like, I, you gotta hear these. So the mom of a newborn, babies act like they're the terrible victim of a crime when you're really just trying to put warm PJs on them so they'll sleep comfortably. So good. Um, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing like mid-elementary school. My twins are trying to decide whether their dinner tastes like stinky socks or cat poop. I'm on the edge of my seat here as a parent. <laughs> you can have a good day with your teen or you can ask them to dress warmly, but you cannot have both. <laughs> so if any of that sounds familiar, take heart that you are not alone. And really the purpose of this whole series is to encourage those of you who are parenting. Um, if the Holden family can make it, you can make it. And so I'm really excited to be able to maybe breathe a little wind into your sails uh, through this series. So we're talking about tech and parenting, and I think a lot of you know that um, there have been some things going on in our family where Marie has been taking care of our two-year-old grandson for the last several weeks. She's been down in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I've been back and forth in some of that to help her uh, help take care of all that. And um, so last Sunday morning, I drove out of here about seven o'clock in the morning and headed down and um, got there about five o'clock in the afternoon. So it's a 10 hour drive. It's a 10, day, 10 hour drive in the car. It's basically I-35. All, it just, it's, a, ooh, it's a sleeper of a drive through Iowa. Um, <laughs> so I got there about five o'clock and um, about, about five minutes after, 10 minutes after I got to our son's house, uh, our oldest and youngest live in the same town. So my son, his wife, our two-year-old, and then my youngest was there. And so about 10 minutes after I got to the house, this little message popped up on our family text. Our youngest, um, now that mom's off the clock, 
now that dad is here and you can see a little picture of Marie there, she, she, she checked out because she's been chasing this little two-year-old for the last couple weeks and, and help had arrived. And this is one of our family sayings, it's yay for dad. Like just came from uh, Robin Hood, the Disney version of Robin Hood and they're in the little archery contest and the little turtle and he shoots and the arrow falls short but his little son is yay dad. And so that's, that's where it came from in our family. So I was in charge last Sunday evening, I was in charge of dinner time, bath time, bedtime. And all of that went great and got the little one into bed and then he woke up early on Monday morning and um, I walked into his room and I will spare you the details but he got sick during the night and um, I had not experienced that for 20 years and so the morning began with a bunch of laundry and bath time and then three hours of Winnie the Pooh on Netflix. So I tell you all this to tell you that the Holden family has a family text and we are big Netflix fans. We are on the grid, all right? So this is like, I'm talking to you about technology. You need to know we are connected in more ways than those that I share with you. So I wanna tell you like my personal thoughts about technology and, and that can mean a lot of things. But this is just the big grid. My personal thought about technology and this is the statement we say at our house. It's a great servant. It's a terrible master. Right, that's just, if we could just say that about technology, it's a great servant and it's a terrible master. And when I think about technology and try to think biblically about technology, I think about a couple of things that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, ancient church at Corinth, and, and he was engaging with them. Of course, they're not talking about tech because this wasn't an issue for them in those days, but about stuff that was neutral. You know, the, it, could be, it could be good or bad. He said a couple things to him, and he said to him, um, all things are lawful, but not all things are useful or helpful. And he said, all things are lawful for me, but I won't be controlled by anything. And that was just his biblical pushback on things that are neutral in nature that you could say yes or you could say no, but if you're gonna say yes to these things, then like that idea of, of I'm not gonna be controlled by that. We limit control of our lives to the Lord, to the ministry of God the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. So, so my take on technology, just at the start, if you're wondering where I am in all this, is technology is a, it's a great servant, but it's a horrible master. So what I wanna give you for the rest of our time together, I wanna give you some biblical principles and some practical stuff. But I'm gonna give you some biblical principles that I think will help you navigate in your own life and in your families, for those of you who are families, they'll help you navigate this area of technology to keep it in that category of great servant and away from that idea of being a terrible master. So I'll tell you at the start of this, these biblical principles, whether you, whether you buy into the Bible, whether you buy into Jesus, whether you buy into this Christian stuff, whether you buy into that or not, these things will actually work. These are, these are good principles that will work in your life and in your family, whether you buy the faith side of it or not. But what I will tell you is, if, if you take these biblical principles, recognize that this is the authority of creator God who made this world that we live in and made the rules by which we experience it, if you recognize that these things come from him and you apply them in your life under the grace of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, like that just multiplies 
the benefit of these principles to you. And so, so whether, you, whether you buy the Jesus part of this deal or not, this will be helpful for you, but for those of us who are saying yes to Jesus and for the love that he has for us and for the grace that he pours into our lives, I think you're gonna be able to navigate the technology thing in your life way better because you've been here. So I'm gonna give you a handful of biblical principles as you approach um, technology in your life and in your family. So here's the first one. First principle is that unity is mission critical. Now this is true across the board. This is true, <laughs> this is true in business, this is true in churches, this is true in parenting. This is true in families. But unity is mission critical. The grown-ups in the kids' lives have to be united on decisions that get made as it relates to technology. If you're not united as the grown-ups in your lives, they're smart little boogers. They will figure out where the cracks are and they will separate you and exploit that to their advantage. They'll do it. So unity is mission critical, and, and I love Psalm 133 that just starts out acknowledging how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity, and then this radical, encouraging, life-giving reason for all that, because in the unity, in that unity, in that togetherness, the Lord bestows his blessing even life evermore. And so in, in unity, there is God's blessing and his life that will flow into your family and into the decisions that you make regarding technology to keep it in its proper place. So prepping for our time together this week, I came across this book called The TechWise Family by a guy named Andy Crouch. Did not read the book, all right? Read some reviews on the book, read some summary of it, read around it, read the people who were saying yes to it, and so at the end of our time together, I'll put the title and stuff back on the screen to recommend it to you. I haven't read the whole thing. He kinda gives 10 commandments of parenting, or of technology being a tech-wise family in the book. I pulled out five of them for us just to talk a little bit about tonight and to give you some practical help, and, and I think these are things that, because I'm saying this, if you are in the parenting mix somewhere, like these are some things to be, this is conversation starter for you to find out where are we, the grownups in this kid's life, where are we together in this stuff and where are we apart, how do we move together on these things? So first thing, I thought this was a great idea, devices go to bed before we do and they get up after we do. And that to me is like, well that makes a, that makes a ton of sense. Um, we didn't, impl like the Holden family didn't really implement that. We. Um, most of our kids, the early, the early phase of the device stuff weren't super connected, so we didn't really have to worry about a lot of that stuff. As it got later, it was kinda like, hey, we turn them off, they go to bed at bedtime. Um, and I know with our teenagers, they got up, those devices woke up when our kids did. So, but I thought this was a great idea. They go to bed before we do and they get up after we do. Um, use screens together for a purpose, not aimlessly and alone. That's a, that's a radical statement in today's world, right, that, that, that we're gonna keep technology in its proper place, and we're gonna do that by using screens together, so there's more than one set of eyes on that screen, and we have a reason, not just because we're, we're bored or we're trying to kill time. I thought that was a great deal. Um, the third one that he mentioned, car time is conversation time. What I particularly liked about that, from Deuteronomy chapter six, when 
Moses, the ancient nation of Israel, leader of the ancient nation of Israel, is, is talking about how to pass your faith on to the next generation. One of the things he says, he says, you know, first of all, you, parent, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You love him. You love him. But then talk about these things with your kids and impart them to them when you get up, when you go to bed, when you're walking along the road, like just these mundane, everyday moments of life, this is, this is when your faith gets handed down. It's, it's not in the big dramatic conversations, it's in the everyday of things, and this idea that, that car time is conversation time, I, th- I think is a beautiful idea that, that you can impart your faith during those car rides instead of it being a time when everybody who's not driving is doing their own thing on whatever screen happens to be in front of them. So car time is conversation time. Fourth one, spouses have one another's passwords for accountability and transparency, and parents have full access to children's devices. So um, I love this, I think this is a great idea. Um, The Holden House, we did a little different. Our kids never had a device. Mom and dad owned the devices and they were gifted to the children to use and to take care of. And we did that because if we had to take it back for some reason, we weren't taking anybody else's stuff, we were just regathering our things, and it also allowed us to say, hey, you have that device for our benefit as your parent because we need to be in contact with you, you need to be in contact with us. That's the primary reason you have that device. And that made sure that that text message, phone call, whatever we initiated into their world, it actually got answered and returned if they knew that that was part of the deal because this phone belongs to mom and dad. So, so we never gave them their, their own devices. And one Christmas, we, I did something to them. I, I don't know, it was, I think it's funny. So um, Xbox, all the rage. And our kids were asking for an Xbox and it was age appropriate. And so um, Christmas morning rolled around and Rena, I'd, I'd wrapped up, I don't think I should give her any credit for this, because you're either gonna like it or you're gonna think I'm a jerk. So um, I wrapped up an Xbox controller for each of our four children. We bought four Xbox controllers and, and we let them open them all at the same time. And they opened them, they were different colors and you know things that designed that each kid would like. So they opened them all at the same time and they were super excited and then one of them said, where's the Xbox? And I said, what do you mean? Isn't can't you just play this on the TV? And so we had this several minute deal where they had gotten a controller for an Xbox for Christmas and the resolve of all that was, well, at least now when you go over to your friend's house, you'll have a controller to take over there. Because this was back in the day when you went to your friend's house to play video games, not everybody goes to their own house to gather online to play video games. And so then Marie opened the next gift and her gift was actually the Xbox console to everybody's great relief, but it really made the point that we had, like that was the rule that we had in our family. Like this is mom's Xbox. You guys have a controller to enjoy it, but this Xbox belongs to mom and she gets to make the rules for it. So spouses have each other's passwords, and we we definitely do that, and parents have full access to children's devices. And then the fifth of the 10 that that Andy gives in his book, um, show up physically for the big events of life. And I'm for this, I'm just so for this, and I'll tell you that in our family, we we have memories of stuff we don't have any pictures of. Because Marie and I didn't wanna watch it 
through video camera lens back in those days and we didn't wanna watch it on our phones, we were there and we wanted to engage and participate and see the whole thing, not just what you could get on that little screen. And so, so I think this is, a, this is a great idea to show up physically for the big events of life and it really is okay if you, if you have some memories of stuff that like, you just can't play back on video for the kids that they don't get to see that little chunk of their game or that little award they won or whatever it happens to be. To, to be physically present in big events in people's lives. So those are, those are some practical things for you to think through, process through, and really hold on to that idea that like, unity's mission critical. Unity's mission critical. These, these, are, these aren't valuable if, if mom and dad aren't together on it, if the grownups, if, if, you're, not, if you're not dialed in and, and yes together on these things, find where you're the yes and what you can be together on and go forward with that. Okay, so that's the first biblical principle is unity's mission critical. Here's the second biblical principle. Parent with faith, not fear. Parent with faith, not fear. The online world is a scary place. It is, there's, there's scary stuff and there's dangerous stuff out there and you and your kids are vulnerable and at risk in the online world, but you, could, you can parent with faith and not with fear. First John chapter four, verse four is, it's a great parenting verse. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, those who are in the world, because the one who is in you, the spirit of God who lives inside of you, is greater than the one who is in the world. And there's, just, there's a lot to be taken from that idea that you, you don't have to make a fear-based decision. I think this is taught in the scriptures. Marie and I have certainly seen it bear out in our lives. Fear-based decisions always bear bad fruit. If you make a decision in fear, it, it, seems, it bears bad fruit later on down the road. And so, so you can parent with faith, with confidence in God that he is, he is in you and he's in your kids as believers in Jesus, he's inside of you and the one who's in you is greater than the one who's in the world. So you can parent with faith and not with fear. All right, so here's the third biblical principle. Be careful not to alienate your kids. Be careful not to alienate your kids. Um, Ephesians chapter six, verse four is spoken of fathers, but it applies to grownups that are in kids' lives. Some fathers do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Um, I grew up in this church stuff, uh, went to Christian schools. I have been on, in the inner circle pretty much my entire life. I was a toddler when my parents first took me to church. And I've seen it, and those of you who've grown up in the church, you saw it, you might have experienced it some, that, that moms and dads can do things that are motivated to get kids going in a, towards the Lord and end up pushing kids away. And the kinds of things, you're just thinking through about alienate these kids, the kinds of things that, that lead to that alienation, a lot of them are fear-based decisions. A lot of them are fear-based decisions. They're, they're based in fear and not faith. They're based, in, they're based in a lack of confidence that greater is he who is in me and greater is he who is in my kid 
than he who is in the world, spiritually speaking. And, and so fear-based decisions, they bear bad fruit. And, and sometimes that fruit is, it exasperates kids. It pushes them away. Instead of them seeing like, hey, this decision is based in mom and dad's love for me, and it's based in you know desire to protect me and help me and foster my good, what they see is like, Mom and dad think I can't handle it. They think that place is too scary. They think, and you know how kids believe that they are more mature than they are. And at their current level of maturity, they might not be ready for some things they think they're ready for. And as parents, we tend to get afraid of what happens when my kid walks into a place that I'm not convinced they're ready for. And, and those rules then that get made, they can push kids away from where you're trying to nurture and where you're trying to lead and you know, sometimes those fear-based rules, they make your kids feel dumb amongst their peers. They make them feel embarrassed. They make them feel naive. Sometimes like they could be, they're being made fun of and bullied for something that they don't really have any say in and control over. And, and you may not even be aware fully of what's going on in their life. So again, I would, just, I would encourage you, don't, don't alienate your kids, be careful, pay attention, listen to that kind of stuff. And, and there are times when you know, as a, as a parent, you know you're pushing them away. And you have to be sensitive to those times and the spirit of God inside of you saying, hey, 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 you know, this is, don't just hold the line to hold the line. Don't just hold the line to hold the line. If you're pushing them away, it might be time to figure out why that line is there and what happens if we move that line a little bit. So be careful not to alienate your kids. Fourth principle, your kids need leadership more than they need rules. Your kids need leadership more than they need rules. And I am really grateful for this little, just this one-liner. The Apostle Paul looking at Christian people and he says to him, hey, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. And he, you know, that letter of 1 Corinthians is full of a lot of biblical principles. Like, hey, here's how, this is how this looks. But, Follow me as I follow Christ. Your kids need leadership more than they need rules. And part of that is because how fast the world changes. So our kids were in, our oldest was in high school. Probably our oldest two were in high school. Third one's in middle school. We're at this parent meeting and our youth pastor's standing up front. And, we're, and it's a meeting about technology. And he said, um, your kids are at least one step ahead of you because he, he kind of pulled the room on how tech savvy people think they are. And, you know, our church was a lot like this church and there are people who are software engineers and smart people and people who use tech at work and whatever. And they, he's like, nah, your kids, they're at least a step ahead of you. They are, they're at least a step ahead of you. And the people who want to profit off of them in some way, off of things that you don't want them profiting, those people are at least two steps ahead of you. And so your kids need, they need leadership more than they need rules because your rules are always gonna be a step behind and they're gonna figure out ways to technically obey your rule and do what they wanna do. So we were sitting around the dinner table um, this last week. My kids know I'm talking about technology this weekend and we were kind of laughing about the speed of change, this stuff. And they were laughing about, yeah, when we got in trouble, you guys would ground us from TV started with you know texting on their flip phones because those were the good old days. Um, I'm so thankful for smartphones after flip phones. So texting, we we would ground them from 
like their Game Boy, the Xbox, that kind of stuff. And then a little later with our, with our younger two, when they got into high school, um, social media, they get grounded. Like, so when they got in trouble, that was the stuff that was always on the table. My oldest, he's laughing, he's like, yeah, when my kids are old enough for all this, I'm gonna be grounding them from their meta in whatever virtual reality looks like and taking their EFTs away from them. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. I, bar- like, I barely know what I'm talking about saying those words, but it's true. The, the pace of change and the development of, of technology, the speed, of de- like your rules, the rules that you make, you're, you're not gonna be able to stay ahead if you're, if you're banking on rules for keeping your kids and te- technology in your family's life in its proper place. What they need from you is they need leadership from you. And so I would say this to the grownups, if you've got kids in your life, the first thing is to be an example of what, of what you're aiming for, what you desire in your kids, the kids that you have influence in their lives, be an example to them. What they see you do, that's what they're gonna do. You know, so if you're a, if you're a aimless, alone, social media user, that, that's what they're gonna be in social media. And, and actually, they're gonna be a little farther over than that because they're gonna go a little farther the direction you don't want them to, they're gonna do what they see you do. And so for you to be an example and to make sure that like, hey, the things that I'm trying to, things that we're trying to accomplish with technology in our lives, we have to be living that out. And we have to be living it out in ways that our kids see and notice. One of the things that I was thinking about with this this week, since we don't have little kids around anymore, it doesn't really matter, but Marie reads her Bible and she reads other books on her phone. So she's on her phone a lot, but she's not, like, it's not aimless whatever messing around on her phone. She, she's using technology for good purposes. And I was thinking, man, if, if we had kids watching at this point, she's probably in a paper Bible and reading paper books because we don't, like we didn't want them on technology that much because they weren't reading their Bible and reading books. They were, they were playing games and on social media. And so, so what they see you do is that, like, that's where they're gonna go. And so, so to be an example for your kids, for the kinds, how you want technology to be in their life, you, you exemplify that. And then the second thing I would say is what you do in private, as it relates to technology, what you do in private is also gonna have an impact in their lives. You may think that what you do in private, nobody knows and doesn't doesn't make any difference as long as nobody knows, but that is not true. It's not true. What leaders do in private makes a lot of difference in the lives of the people that they have influence over. And so I I would say to you, if you've got something dark in your life connected to technology, you need, you need to get that into the light. If you don't, it's fruits of darkness, it's planting seeds of darkness in the lives of your kids and the people that you have influence over. And so if, if, you've, if you've got an addiction, if you've got a problem with something and you can't, like you haven't been able to get rid of that deal, you, you should raise your hand and get some help. There are, there are people and there are programs and there are skill sets and there is freedom in the power of Jesus that he would offer to you to get help because if, if you've got dark stuff going on in your life, that, 
is gonna bear bad fruit in the lives of, of those kiddos that God has entrusted to you and their influence. We talked last week about how you walking in the light will bring blessing to your kids, to your family. And that is absolutely true. And so if you are walking in darkness, you've got to walk in the light if you, if you want to seek God's blessing in this area for your family. And so, so your kids need leadership. They need you to set an example, not just in front of them, but for real. It needs to have integrity. It needs to have, like there needs to be transparency. And then to set expectations. And set expectations and, and not, not lay down the rules, but to set the expectations. I'm for rules. Listen, I'm not against rules. I think there's some issues with rules, and one of them is you can't keep up unless you're unless you're the person who's developing whatever Facebook and you, whatever they've got going next, whatever social media is. If you're developing that and you know where it's going, then you might be able to set the rules to stay ahead. The rest of us are just going to be behind. So the, you're going to be behind in the rules. The other problem with the rules is most of them start with don't, and so you create this list of don't, but there's not an expectation set of this. Do, so, so setting the expectation for your family is not just, I'm not, I'm not just making a bunch of rules that I'm following too. It's like, this is how we use technology in our family. This is how we do this. And so be able to set an expectation with your kids and as they get older, let them speak into those expectations and let them talk with you about what they're experiencing as well. So your kids need leadership more than they need rules. And then this last one for our time together today is communication, communication. And for you as a parent particularly to be the safe person for your kids. This, I think this is another, this verse from James chapter one, I think this is an awesome parenting verse as, as well and he's not talking just to parents. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this next week. We're just gonna do some parenting hacks, some things about parenting that will make life easier, hopefully, for you as you parent. Um, how to keep those lines of communication open, this, this is a big deal, because, because again, like, the online world is... It is amazing, it is amazing what our kids have access to and what they can learn and what they can do and how, like it is amazing what it offers to them and it is a, it is a dangerous place where there are dangerous people and when your kids find themselves in danger, you wanna be the person that they ask for help. They need to feel safe with you raising their hand saying, hey, I'm in trouble here. Because if it's not you, you don't necessarily know who it's gonna be. It might be a peer of theirs. And to seek a peer's help when you really need a mentor's help, that's not gonna go anywhere good. And the other grown-ups in their life may not view technology in the same way that you do, so you, you want these lines of communication open, and there's some really good advice in there for us as parents. Like It's quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, and our anger when our kids get out of bounds 
our anger doesn't accomplish the righteousness of God, but it sure does a good job closing lines of communication. And so to keep those lines of communication open so that, so that your kids have a safe person to ask for help when they find themselves outside of bounds. And so, so that communication there. All right, so, so those principles will, there's a lot there to kind of flesh out and figure out and, and how to put that in. And I'll talk more, like I said, about that communication one next week. So let me give you two books. The first one is Parenting Generation Screen by Jonathan McKee. Um, Trisha is actually reading that. She leads our family ministries. She's, she's more than halfway through and she's recommending it to you based on what she knows of the book plus what she's reading. And then The TechWise Family by Andy Crouch is who, there's some good fodder in there for conversation. And these two books together, so if, you're, if you are parenting or if you are for a parent or family kids, um, these, are, these are some good resources for you uh, to be able to read, thumb through, read summaries of, and uh, get some conversation going as, as families and with kiddos, those that are old enough to actually have some say and input into these things. And then I wanna share with you this prayer. This is, this is from Philippians chapter one, verses nine through 11. And I didn't pray this prayer enough over my family, but when my kids were growing up, this was, I prayed this prayer over my family more than anything else. And, and I would offer you this as, as a legitimate, genuine prayer request to the Lord. And th- this, is, this is my prayer, that your love, and I prayed for our kids for their love for the Lord, for their love for us as their parents and their love for each other in our family, that your love would abound more and more knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best. Not just what is good, but to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And and if God would answer that prayer in, in your family, it'd be a beautiful thing for you, for your marriage, for your other relationships, for your kiddos, if God would let your love abound more and more so that you can discern what is best, be pure and blameless the day of Jesus, all to his honor and glory, that's winning right there. So if you guys would let me pray this prayer over you, I would love to do that. Would you please bow your head and close your eyes with me? So Lord, it's not an easy job that you've given to us when you give these kids to us. There's a lot that goes into it, but you have not, left us without resource. And I'm really grateful that not only do our kids have parents, they have grandparents, aunts and uncles, friends, biblical community, youth group leaders, kid city leaders. There are a lot of grownups that that love and are for these kids and for their families. And so together, we really pray this for For each one of us, we pray these things for ourselves, that our love would abound more and more in all knowledge and depth of insight so that we would know what's best, we'd be able to discern that, we'd be able to figure it out, and that we would be pure and blameless for the day of Jesus, that we'd be filled with peaceful fruit of righteousness to the glory and praise of God. We want that in our lives, in our families that are represented here, in our church, and in this community to the glory and praise of God. So thank you for loving us, for speaking into these things that are, 
that are hard for us to navigate and manage sometimes, um, Jesus, we're really grateful for your love and for your power and for your wisdom. So your blessings on families, the kiddos that are represented here and those who are participating in the service online. We pray these things in your name, amen. Thank you guys for being here this weekend. Um, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I love you guys. I will see you next week.